you know, or even the mesh materials you use for the uh, the ear pads. I mean, the ear pad materials. I mean, it all makes a difference, and you know, and your your ears can pick up that subtlety easy. going to talk about tuning you know the old saying you could tune a piano but you can't tune a fish it's like that yeah, yeah. but for headphones ario speedwagon i believe that was an album from memory mm. in case mm. that people don't know okay <laughs> yeah anyway headphone tuning yes yeah all our secrets will be revealed in this mm -hmm. video mm -hmm. uh, but only at the end so you gotta watch you gotta the watch thing. the whole thing because yeah. you don't know when the end is yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's the punchline comes at the end you can't just skip no. right to the end yeah, yeah. Well, okay. it all comes well, down to one thing one one yep. well, yeah uh, one don't, little trick it's just like the universe comes down to one number know. you know oh yeah yeah but 23 no it's no. lower than eight no, no it's, way, it's a single digit we can't tell anybody what it is zero through nine well that's not many options anyway tuning um so tuning as in i guess how to how do we approach final tuning it's kind of like elon with the rockets like they're building rockets right uh -huh. and they get prototype engines and they fire them off and they measure the torque they put out uh -huh. <laughs> it's like right and then finally they put it on a thing that sits up like 20 stories high and shoot it in the air and see how it lands right it's, it's all it's all about experimenting experimentation well that actually is oddly enough a fair point because what you do see commonly enough is people optimizing something. And this sounds like a good thing. Of course, you want to optimize something. You always want it to be better. There's usually room for improvement in pretty much everything. However, there are a lot of times where you optimize something that maybe shouldn't be optimized. Maybe it shouldn't exist. Maybe it should change. Maybe your approach is completely wrong, so you're optimizing something that's kind of pointless. And this is the nuance of tuning a headphone. Because you could tune things to solve problems, and that's sort of what tuning tends to be. You have a design, an approach that's an approximation of what you think is your best guess, you hope. You start with that, and you notice problems, maybe from subjective listening or from measurements. You notice there's challenges somewhere in the frequency response or the spectral decay or whatever, various parameters. And um, you try to fix them. But... Inevitably, it's possible that what you're fixing isn't actually a problem, or it could be a bigger problem than you think. And you think maybe it went away. You think it is less significant than it was before now, but you may be chasing a ghost in that regard. So that's part of the issue. Yeah, well, last year we um, upgraded our measurement rig, got the um, 5128 head, which is becoming the norm for headphone measurements. I know Jude at HeadFi yeah. is using that system for a few years now, and he's pretty much an expert with it And um, well, when it comes to measuring. And we've been using it for a while now. Um, started with the Diana TC. And uh, the beauty of the, the latest measurement rigs, I mean, it's not cheap, and we had to get a soundproof booth to drop the ambience so we could see more. We wanted to see as much as possible, right? But the beauty of having the latest and greatest is that you can see more information and then determine if that's important in the subjective or not. So, well, you hope people do that. Yeah. They don't know. Well, that's true. Mm. That's true. Some people don't have a subjective. They just measure it and call it a day. And it's not, it's not how you make something 
sonically world class. It's not going to happen. It'll you could get you could get approximate, but you, you know you always have. I mean, people are subjective. Audio is analog. You know that's the way it works, and so you know you got to you've got to and then, and then you've got what's currently available in the market and what people are accustomed to hearing. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, if we all had like you know huge planar speakers in our homes, which we don't. In fact, probably very few people do. Mm. You'd instantly get a planar headphone because they're like, oh, it's the same sound as my speakers. But, you know, if you're listening to a transistor radio all day, then you might not get it. <laughs> you know? Okay. But that's the nuance of tuning is you're looking at the market, who your customer is, and you're using your, hopefully, years of experience to combine the subjective and objective and come up with a final product. Well, it's that last little bit of polish, I guess, you know. Yeah. Like, it's not, you're not, like, changing the whole sound or anything with tuning, you know. You're just getting that last little refinement, you know. Yeah. I mean, Usually. you could. You could dumb it I mean, down you could. a lot. Yeah, you could. You I know? mean, yeah, you could just put, like, a whole blanket over a speaker. Yeah, and, pretty yeah, much. That would be hell of a, yeah. a tuning. But. Or stick a piece of foam in a headphone. I mean, that, you know, that's been done before where you're just dropping out the highs for the most part, you're dropping out a lot of stuff, but you know, or even the mesh materials you use for the uh, ha- the ear pads. I mean, the ear pad materials. I mean, it all makes a difference, and you know, and your your ears can pick up that subtlety easy. Yeah, I guess ear pads are probably the that that's big for fine yeah. tuning. Yeah, it has you the most surface it. area right yeah. there. Um, you know, in terms of how it can affect what's coming out of the f- face of the driver. So sure. Well, guys, there's aftermarket pads that are available for some of the headphones mm-hmm. out there, and people are always saying how oh, this does this, this sounds like that. They swap ear pads, and it's usually pretty dramatic for the people that own the headphone. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't change the overall character of the headphone. It just tunes it more in a way that you might prefer yeah. or not, really. It adjusts the tuning, yeah. yeah, which sometimes is preferable, sometimes is not. And if the question is initially, how does the tuning impact the final result? Um, that's a fickle one because it really depends on how much tuning is done. Uh, and different companies seem to have different approaches with this one. Some people spend all day tuning. They start out with a driver that they know is achievable, that either they could manufacture or they think is a technically the best driver for their application because maybe they're purchasing it. And now they have this baseline. They know what they're using. So all that matters to the end result of the headphones in that case to some extent is the tuning and they have no control over anything but that but if you're making the driver if you're making the enclosure the chassis you know everything about it it's a totally different story because you can make adjustments to pretty much every aspect and then the tuning is less substantial to some extent because oftentimes you wouldn't necessarily be adding materials or adjusting something to get the final product you would be almost manufacturing a different part yeah, in a, per- in a perfect world, you'd have a perfect speaker. Yeah. Mm. And therefore, it doesn't require any kind of mm. external tuning because it's perfect. So, sure. of course, that doesn't exist. So, what you deal with is as close as possible, get as close as possible to what you consider to be optimum for that design, and then tune around it. Well, I saw someone say it's like, well, the Diana TC can't be that much better than like a v2 because it looks the same on the outside so how different can it be right yeah it's like well that's the i mean the, it's completely different that's, tuning that's the magic we made it so yeah they are quite different yeah the drivers designed differently and the interior spaces filled out differently and um yeah and i mean and there was 
some definitely we did some fine tuning and you know the people I've, we've seen a number of comments starting I remember Joshua did he did the Joshua Valor did the first review and he caught on right away He's, he he caught on to the fact that wow this thing is just like in terms of tonality was just spot on and everything he played and um, you know and that's that's what we were after you know we played a, a lot of material through it narrowed it down to what we knew could be a problem out there in the real world and then tuned it out so to speak uh-huh well it also helps uh of listening to older versions of diana for years now knowing exactly what they sound like what you wanted to improve on it you know so yeah you know you know what you wanted it's just getting there and yeah. that's what yeah, yeah we had a direction yeah we wanted to beat ourselves yeah. <laughs> that's simple you know well it's not simple but what i'm saying is it's, it's a simple it's a path that we are have been on for years well, now it, particularly with Diana TC, it started out seeming like it would be kind of simple, but then it like it just got daunting, you know, with all the revisions that we kept going through and everything. Yeah, but it's, in like, the end, oh, it's cool. Yeah, you know, and people are the cool thing is people are recognizing it. You know, they go, wow, you know, the fits really nice now, and it, it's these subtle things. It's not even just about the sound. It was about everything. It was about a little bit of change here on the headband, a little bit of you change the angle, but 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 our, that's our point, though, right? That we've been technically speaking, we've been tuning since inception, right? Right. We've been tuning, fine tuning, and improving the fine tuning since we started before we even started selling our first headphone. So that tends to be pretty common, but I think people look at things a bit questionably at times. Tuning is a bit more fickle than it might seem outwardly, because you're really adjusting ideally every component in the package, the entire package. And it really is the combination of all the different assets in the product that make it is make it what it is, right? So it isn't necessarily like you're just putting something here or you're taking something out here, you're putting foam in front of something, and that's tuning. To some people, when they have no control, maybe that's the case. But um, in an absolute sense, the control you could have over tuning is enormous because typically if you're actually designing everything, which some companies certainly do. Uh, you have absolute control over pretty much every asset, every every factor. So you could make the headphone sound function any way you want, really. And uh, it could have an absolutely enormous impact on the sound. It could make it sound from the cheapest set of earbuds you've ever heard to the most high-end headphone. Like a, That really is the difference that tuning could have. It's It's pretty severe, and it's just a question of what the goals are. Um, what your skill sets are, what you're trying to seek, what you think the market needs. Um, uh, I don't know. It always comes back to Elon for some reason. I don't know. But, uh, yeah, he said something similar that, uh, yeah, it's like really smart engineers could, uh, you know, be focused on only one specific thing. So you're, you're just tuning for, oh, I want just the bass, and then that's all you're worried about. You don't worry about anything else. You just go down this rabbit hole, and you're not focused on anything else, and, and then you could create a skewed product right? i've met a number of you know? i've met a number of audiophiles over the years that are like that too. yeah yeah they mm-hmm. might be focused strictly on female vocals right and they'll tune an entire system i'm talking a lot of money yeah they'll get a single speaker driver you know like the, they make those real simple oh, yeah uh, yeah paper dr- cone drivers i can't think of yeah with wizard cones yeah, well just one driver <laughs> right in a big huge cabinet so it yeah, forces to do a, yeah it tries to do bass with a yeah. six inch speaker you know and they'll put like you know beautiful tube amps on it the best of cabling a uh, entire room treated and and the only thing the thing does well is yeah 
maybe female vocals. <laughs> can't do bass. Yep. Can't do highs. Yeah, right. You're but, tuning but, it for wow, one does it sound good thing, in, the, yeah. in that one region? Yeah, yeah you know, that's yep. a significant thing though. People do that oddly often, uh, quite too often, if you ask me, because uh, especially in headphones at this point, there's so much diversity, and um, maybe you don't see it all at a show. Usually, not every company is there. But um, there's a lot of products that are offering that. They're offering laser focus in a particular region. And curiously, the manufacturer and the designer typically aren't even aware that's the case, which is where the problems come in. Because um, then they don't really tell you, hey, it's made specifically for this one thing. Usually not. And um, as a result, you get people with questionable reviews. You get people that say, well, this is the best headphone I've ever heard, and they don't necessarily specify that's only because it's good in this one region or it excels in this one thing that they really care about. So you get potential because, issues there. Probably because they don't realize themselves how narrow-minded or focused they are right. in their listening habits. That's what yeah. it boils down to. It's, it's about what you're accustomed to listening for. Yeah, because we've heard headphones, people bring them to the show, and they're like, you know, it's like, oh, I tuned this headphone and everything. And they started out with a headphone that was done, right? Yeah. And they're like, I wanted to tune it towards what I wanted it to sound like, and you listen to it, and it's like, yeah. I don't know what this guy's listening to. But it's broken. <laughs> yeah. Completely just, broken. It's yeah. like, well, it's not playing full it's range It's very music, common. You know? And it makes sense, because to you, you're one person with presumably limited musical tastes, and it's very difficult to see whether or not this is going to be a product that is sufficiently diverse to excel in a wide range um, and maybe that doesn't matter that's there's not intrinsically an issue with that but it's a common issue you see in the industry where manufacturers make products suited towards their taste and their taste can be very limited it's not necessarily a problem but it does create a lot of ambiguity in the industry because one person will rate something super high and another person will say this is garbage yes because they're not listening to anything that that person likes yeah and then people use it as evidence to say that all audiophiles are fools and well i guess it's sort of human nature but a lot of humans can be foolish at times and they could misunderstand how something fits in the market or Mm -hmm. where product excels they could kind of not necessarily understand fully that this product only excels in one region and as a result, it gets marketed as a, the greatest headphone ever. Right. But a lot of people say, I don't like anything about it. Kind of goes, goes for everything. Right. It does go for everything. Think about <laughs> it. I mean, you could, you, a blender could be like that. Sure. I just happened to say that because we were using a blender for mm. something yesterday. But it's <laughs> just course. like you think about it, right? One blender might be um, completely amazing at, at chopping vegetables and stuff, and it makes smoothies the way you want it, right? Mm-hmm. But when you throw ice at it, it just completely box. Well, can't even it can't chop, make smoothies. Doesn't have the chop tort, ice. I guess <laughs> it depends how you make your smoothies. Bad example. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, but I don't really like smoothies with a lot of ice. But, oh. but yeah, bottom line is that you know that's the point is that you know, and then another one is great with ice, but you know. When you go to make a smoothie, whether it it, get, it it heats the stuff up too much, and now you got a warm smoothie because it's just too much torque and sure. I mean, obviously there's nuances and adjustments. It's the same with coffee makers. You can look at anything. Yeah. You think about like, that's even worse when you look at coffee makers. Oh my God, the subjectivity of of coffee well, with grinders thing, yeah. and stuff. I mean, it, it comes down to taste and then, the beans. So. Yeah. yeah. So some people are like this is the worst coffee I've ever had, and yeah. other people it's their favorite. Because the, the variables are just yeah. un, just across the board. You name it, right? Because we've tried all kinds of beans. It's mainly because you, you can't make anything perfect, right? So, I mean, you could only <laughs> you could hit so much. Well, you know. this industry is highly subjective. So perfection to one is not to another, 
And even if you had a headphone that measured what the average of the community would say is perfect, it's still not perfect by a lot of means. And it's just an average. Nobody really seems to entirely agree on a perfect measurement. So that's the trouble, right? Even if you want to go on measurements, there is really no necessarily definitive standard. Well, it'd be kind of like going out and buying an average car. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Cars are the perfect thing. Yeah, <laughs> sure. It's like, is the you know? most sold car the best yeah. car? Yeah, no. it's the cheapest every, car the That best means everyone car? should have a right. Toyota, right? Well, they, whatever the hell fuel it is. economy. Yeah. 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 Right. Right. I mean, there's a huge range of aspects you could benchmark a car by. It isn't to say some Ferrari is the best car. Because where do you get it serviced? So if you drive it across the country and you're in yeah. Iowa, yeah, right. how many Ferrari dealerships are there? How long would it take to get parts? Yeah, for most people, a Ferrari would not be the best car. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah the practicality is low. Yeah. It'd be a fun car to yeah. have to try out, right. or to have for a little bit, but yeah. I guess, the, yeah, it comes down to it's hard to name anything best, right? Because <laughs> yeah. it depends on the situation, right? Yeah. But audio, and specifically high-on audio, almost seems to be the worst combination of all these attributes to some regard. Because there's... An insane amount of diversity and on top of that maybe you know the type of music you like listening to but you might not necessarily know what you care about in the music what you prioritize maybe you care about the vocals maybe you care about the bass maybe you care about the mid-range and all these various aspects combine to an insane amount of diversity and as a result the control you have over tuning is very substantial and you hope that most manufacturers are trying to make a, a well-rounded product but occasionally somebody's trying to make something that for them is the best headphone ever. And if they happen to have unusual tastes, you get an unusual product. Some manufacturers just love to have diversity. Every yeah. headphone sounds friggin' different. Mm -hmm. Right. You know? And then so well, you pick and you your, could find you pick one for you. Yeah. yeah. Which is difficult, but you know. It, it, that seems more common with IEMs, you know. All yeah. the IEM they all have like, all right, well what do, that's what I always ask you, so what do you normally listen to? It's like, well, you probably want that's this true. one, you know. There's thousands of those yeah, to that's choose from. So many. That's confusing as hell. I yeah. even, if I was looking for IMI, I don't even know where I'd begin. I know, right? I'd, I'd have to ask somebody, okay, so what sounds like our headphones? <laughs> Actually, we've asked that we before. We have asked that, you know? yeah. yeah. I forget the answer but uh, because it's been a while, but yeah. And it, it probably varies month to month or, or every few months because new models come out. And that's that sounds more like an abyss or something like that. But mm -hmm. yeah, I know we have some guys that are into both, and uh, some people, I mean, they know it. They'll, and they'll answer you right away. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. they own both. Right, right. You know? Oh, yeah, I got that. I got that one for traveling. I got the IM for traveling because it sounds like a mini abyss or something. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I think we could ramble continuously on this one. So yeah, what else is new? Maybe put a box on So it. I promised at the end the secret. Oh, well, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it, the secret? The secret is you get a gnome that's been listening to audio his whole life, a real yeah. old gnome. It's got oh, a home. beard on it. Yeah. Yes. I'm talking a white beard. Mm -hmm. Been around for... Kind of like uh, what's the dude in Star Wars? You know the old little guy, the, the uh, oh, uh, old little guy. Yeah, the yeah, you know, yeah, the, 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 <laughs> Yoda, the master Yoda. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you need a Yoda gnome. <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. and you let him listen to what you're doing. Mm -hmm. All right, and he can look at the measurements too, but I don't think he's gonna care. He's mm -hmm. gonna want to listen. He's got to feel uh -huh. the force. Uh -huh, of course, yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. and he will tell you which path to take from there. Hmm. And that's it. I thought it was a single number. Well. Whatever dis whatever the word wisdom distills down to oh. in the universe. Oh. Now, a single number, that's a different story mm -hmm. altogether. That's yeah, the universal number of the universe. Mm. Yeah. You're going to have to figure it out on your own. Mm. But you could ask Yoda. You might know. He probably mm. knows. But whether he'll tell you or not, I guess it depends on whether he likes you. Mm. <laughs> uh. Anyway, yeah, gnomes. Yes. yes. <laughs> on that note, thank you, everybody, for watching. 
Uh, please subscribe because we want to hit 20,000 by the end of the year. We're going to do it. Mm. Okay. Peace, everyone. Thanks. <laughs>